0: Josh, hi Ellie. How's it going?
1: I'm doing fantastic.
0: We're here to introduce uh, an episode with our friend Dina Alspa. Yep. And she's awesome. And I was just doing a Google image search to grab an image of her for, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not stealing because the one I grabbed is a photograph that I took myself.
1: So it's definitely not theft, unless you can steal from yourself, which I don't think the Supreme Court's weighed in on.
0: Well, I'm not going to sue myself. Anyway, when I did a Google image search of Dina, it pulled up a few pictures of Dina, but mostly a ton of pictures of Dina's friends and community. I just thought it was cool that uh, an image search of her didn't just bring up a bunch of images of her, but about her in a community of amazing people here in the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. I was a little surprised to see that one of those photos was a baby picture of me that I didn't even know was on the internet. So I'm not sure how that happened. I don't know. But it's cool, because there's like two rows of Dina and then rows and rows of community. It's cool. Anyway, uh, we also wanted to talk for a second about... How to subscribe to the podcast. Mm -hmm. If you have an iPhone, there is podcast app already installed on your phone that comes on the OS.
1: That means that it's already on your phone.
0: Yep. And you just We're
1: speaking here to the tech non necessarily savvy. Some people that we've told about this are actually pretty tech savvy. They just weren't aware of the app or they weren't aware that you didn't have to download every episode mm-hmm. just by subscribing.
0: So there's an, an app called Podcasts. It comes as part of the iOS. It is purple and it has uh, an icon on it that looks like either a person or a microphone. And I think it's ambiguous on purpose.
1: Yeah, that's one of the, that's Apple's take on making a different podcast icon Mm -hmm. than what already exists
0: so it's the person microphone with circles radiating out from it find that app
1: find that person microphone app
0: yep and then you go to the search there's a search button on the lower navigation can we
1: can we take a second and just refer to that as the persophone from now on
0: no we can't okay We could call it the podcast app icon.
1: That, I think, is probably more accurate. Yeah.
0: Okay. Go to search and then type in professional humans. Let me see how many letters you have to type. I'm doing this right now. Oh, you have to type. A lot of crap comes up when you type professional. So just keep going. Oh, typing professional humans. And when you see it, it's blue and it has a little robot guy on it. Then you hit subscribe. So once you're subscribed, then you go into the My Podcasts menu that's down at the bottom and you find that podcast, Professional Humans, which is now in your list of My Podcasts. And there's a little gear icon to the right of the logo and you click on the gear and then you can decide whether you download episodes or not. So this depends on if you want to stream the episodes and use data or if you want to download them to, their, to your phone. And the way you would make that choice is decide whether you have more data or more storage on your phone because podcasts can take up a lot of storage on your phone if you let them pile up. Yep. So you could have it download only new episodes And then once you play it, it automatically deletes it back off of your phone. So if you go into the settings and set this up right, it will help you. The advantages of subscribing to the podcast are that you get a notification every time we release a new episode. And you can just click on the notification and it will play the episode so you won't miss anything.
1: Yeah. And if you're on Wi-Fi on your own wireless or your work wireless, it won't (coughs) take up your data or anything. So... That's usually a pretty good option for people. The um,
0: advantage to going to our website to listen, because you can listen on our website mm-hmm. in every, um, the, all of the episodes are there, is that there are links to all the extra content and photos of the guest, guests. Mm-hmm. But you can do both.
1: You could do both. You could go check it out after listening to it. But there's also Stitcher which is an app that works on Android and iPhone, and I think there's even a Windows Phone app uh, for it. And you can subscribe, and it doesn't download anything. It's just streaming. So that's a good option for you as well. There are ads in that one, but I, I never felt like they were overpowering or anything.
0: Stitcher and SoundCloud are both free apps for I- iOS and Android. Mm-hmm. TuneIn is an app that you have to pay for.
1: Yep. TuneIn is something that a lot of people think is great. It seems like a really clean app, and it doesn't have a lot of ads on it or anything like that. So for a, that one-time fee f- to them, you're able to get that cleaner experience. Okay. Okay. All right, so that's enough on subscriptions.
0: Thanks for uh, bearing with us through that explanation, but we have found that we've been explaining how to use the podcast app to dozens of people.
1: Yeah, so well, let's just head it off at the pass, get it in the can, whatever you want to do.
0: Let's go to the episode.
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: Sounds good, Josh.
1: Three, two, one, go.
0: All right, so we're talking today with Dina Alspa. She was formerly the group publisher mm-hmm. at Tiger Oak running Metro Magazine in Minnesota Bride and probably lots of other things
2: lots of other things
0: uh, and also did some time at the Growler Magazine locally and is now the chief marketing officer at Hillcrest Media correct a self-publishing company downtown or North Loop
2: yes
1: and that sounds very fancy
0: it kinda does. That's why it was so scary.
2: It sounds weirdly fancy. <laughs> you
0: made a face like you didn't say it out like you don't say that out loud very often. I don't. I said it out loud. I know. Okay. Uh, and also happens to be one of my favorite humans ever. <gasps> professional or otherwise? Mm-hmm. Very unprofessional human. We tend to be more on the unprofessional side when we <laughs> spend time together. But tonight we'll be super professional. I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> Dina, we wanted to have you on the show because we've watched you transitioning over the last couple of years, and while you are generally enthusiastic about, like you appear to be enthusiastic about most things you do, this, the kind of enthusiasm that we've seen on your face and in your actions, it, this job is different.
2: It's really? like it's... Um, you can see it on my face. It's different. It seems like really? It. It's Really? Like, Actually, now that you say that, someone else said that to me not that long ago. When, yeah, when you were
1: funny. at the other place, uh-huh. you were always kind of stressed when you would talk about <laughs> stuff. And but, now it just seems like you're kind of engaged and challenged.
0: But you would still be... You were still enthusiastic about... Yeah. Like I'd say, I'm enthusiastic just to a fault. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's just kind of your natural state, but this is different. It's like enthusiasm, but that's also coupled with progress. Definitely. <laughs> so and, that, and I don't know that we uh, that you had that before. Not everyone gets to experience that. So we wanted to talk to you about how you got to this magical place. Okay. In your career, but let's start with a couple of numbers. Mm. These are interesting. I like to look up Gallup polls. This is very current. As a
1: numbers person. I'm, I'm a numbers person.
2: Th-
0: this is very current information okay. like up to the last couple of weeks. But, so Gallup defines uh, engaged employees as those who are involved in, enthusiastic and committed to their work and workplace. The current average percent of people who are engaged at work is 32%. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's sad. They also define a... "Quote unquote good job," as having these two criteria: it's thirty hours per week or more, mm-hmm. and the a regular paycheck is provided.
2: Wow, <laughs> that's pretty much the So super one. low. If you get su- a low
1: bar. Super low bar. What if you get a regular paycheck and you only work twenty-five hours, but you're paid full rate?
0: And that's not part of the poll. Because that would be a go get your own numbers job. for that.
1: I'm just saying. <laughs> So, low bar. Let's say that again. Low <laughs> bar. Low bar. <laughs> so
0: what's interesting to me, and I think we're we're working on an uh, another episode that we'll do later, which is about how to leave. If you if you're mm. you know yeah. if this mm-hmm. if this is not good enough, yeah. Uh, because for some people it totally is, but they the you know we've been coming across all these people lately who it's not it's not good enough anymore. There's things that actively make them unhappy. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's,
1: a, that's another podcast.
0: That's literally uh, that's literally another episode but um <laughs> what we wanted to talk about more with you is less about how to know when to quit something and how do you know when to start something cuz cuz you were at a place where you were actually happy
2: i was very happy yeah yeah
0: but you but you still made this leap into something even more amazing so so and this was a job that you didn't know you'd be
2: good at. No, I I actually thought I wouldn't be good at it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Until I talked to you.
0: <laughs> so you sat- told me to
2: shut up. <laughs> Is that what I said? You did. Shut I think up. you actually said shut up to me. Uh,
0: that sounds just like something. Just do it.
2: No, you did your whisper yell at me. Oh. You do that whisper yell.
0: Mhm. Just do it. Just do it. Oh,
2: just do it. That's, <laughs> it. That's it. That's what you said. Here's a drink. Sigh. Just do it. We were sitting at a bar.
0: Yeah. We were at Dan Kelly's pub. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Of course. When you make big we... life decisions, an Irish pub
0: You need to have a shepherd's well. pie to go with that.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I believe there was an Irish car bomb.
0: There was. Mm-hmm. That was my mm-hmm. first one.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so happy I could do that for you. <laughs> well, I'm happy I could make you take a job you didn't know you'd be good at. <laughs> <laughs> it's a win-win.
2: So how did you find it? How did you come across this job? Total accident. Okay. As I now believe, most things in life happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a point in my life, in my professional life, where I started really actively networking. Mm-hmm. Um, I always was surrounded when at when, my longest job ever at Tiger Oak. I had a ton of great people around me that were super enthusiastic, very engaged. We got to work on super fun things that we all were really proud of. Um, but as I was growing professionally, I started looking outside my own company for mentors, for people to <clears throat> talk to, to bounce ideas off. You are one of them, Ellie, and our friend AJ was definitely one of them. And of course you two are the first. my first phone calls when I <laughs> started thinking <laughs> about doing something. So my current boss and the owner of our company, I met bizarrely through a woman who I interviewed and who was not right for the job we were talking about, Who. Pretty much called me from her car after she left and said, "Can we have a drink sometime?" (laughs) And we became kind of those professional acquaintances. Friends have always Mm -hmm. been, yes, yes, yes. Let's meet for coffee and talk about things. Um, And so we did, and we stayed in touch. And she was a person that I still see, you know, every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And she introduced me to her friend Mark, saying, "You're in publishing. He's in publishing, and you guys talk alike. So you need to meet. (laughs) You talk alike. That's what she said." which I thought was very funny. Um, So he and I met and he had a project coming and so he became another person that we would Mm -hmm. get together for coffee or happy hour every once in a while and Mm -hmm. run ideas by each other, Mm -hmm. just talk about stuff. And so one of those talk about stuff meetings became him looking for a CMO. And he wasn't even thinking about me. Um, He was asking me if I knew anyone Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I didn't. I wasn't. I couldn't think of anyone, and we were talking about three, four other projects. Um, and then I went back to, went back to work, and I kept thinking about it, and it was sort of scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it started occurring to me that what he was looking for, I kind of was, mm-hmm. and I never would have thought. I never thought of myself as being in marketing because I was always a publisher, and. No one ever knows even what that is. <laughs> Everyone always thinks I'm introduced as an editor or writer all the time, but, you know, mm-hmm. publisher runs the business side. Yeah. So the CMO role is, yes, it's marketing, but the funny thing is as soon as I started, I started seeing all of these articles and posts and people talking about how the role of a CMO is changing. I think I really early on almost yeah. immediately sent one to you. Yeah, and which I
0: completely agreed with because it's the, it's the experience Officer, combining everything that the company is doing to represent the brand.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You You can't just talk about a brand or manage a brand or think about how to market a company. Right. If you're way over here in a marketing department, that's separate. That's separate from, from what else. is
0: the core offering of that. company. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And it occurred to me because I had a couple of years of freelance mixed in there, and um, one of the online magazines I was working for, I worked with a lot of nonprofits and. I remember having a meeting with someone who loved what we did and wanted to support us and we worked more in underwriting, so they were much bigger, longer relationships, but mm-hmm. he and I started chatting and he said, I can't make any decisions because I'm, I'm kind of killing my marketing department. I'm thinking, what? And he said, well, I, it doesn't make sense to me to have this one and a half people kind of off over here doing marketing when what I really need is someone at the director level who's helping me figure out what this business is. And I think a lot of that has come out of the idea of publishing. And it occurred to me when I was working on magazines that what we did every day was publishing. But as social media came up and as Mm -hmm. all these content started being a word that we all say every single day a hundred times, I realized everyone's a publisher. Like every business is a publisher Mm -hmm. on some level. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really new. And so I think that kind of drove that idea. So suddenly you need content, but you can't have someone who's not totally immersed in your company do content. You can't have them do social media. You know they have mm-hmm. to be really, really there yeah. um, and in there deep. So how can
0: yeah. how can companies
2: outsource? I don't know. Honestly, I haven't been able to wrap my head around it. I can't. I can't. Are... I, companies that can do that well. I, I don't know. So, I, I would think running you'd have to ads move in.
0: Running ads and stuff, sure. Yeah. But the the voice mm-hmm. speaking
1: as a freelance writer type ish person, <laughs> you to to do that you have to basically immerse yourself in the subject matter. Like to write an article on Minnesota mining or something, you have to learn everything about what they do. Right. And a lot of times people will do that through, like, a conference call with them, and, like, so What what is this? What is this? Mm-hmm. But you have to have done your homework ahead of time, know what kind of questions to ask. Totally. But it's, I still feel like you can't do social media. You can't do marketing or anything along those lines, mm-hmm. like, in any deep, meaningful way, without having that kind of... Um, Awareness of what what that product is. I mean even like Crispin Porter Boguski who Like they've they've been known for having really really deep well kind of of ad campaigns and when they do that They are like Immersing themselves in that Mm -hmm. in that company while they do that.
2: It reminds me a lot of how selling ads changed because I sold Mm -hmm. ads for almost 15 years and Early on it was easy Oh my God, the 90s? Are you kidding me? It was, here's my media kit. Here's what we have. Here's our circulation. Sure, I'll do a full page, right? Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And when I started to see salespeople, especially the mature ones, the really experienced ones, start to struggle and start to drop off, frankly, Mm -hmm. was when... You had to start being very consultative in that same way. Mm. You couldn't even sell someone an ad anymore until you understood their business and oh. knew and you were able to solve problems for them. Sure. What
0: changed their expectations of how you interacted with them?
2: Mostly, um, I think it was a lot of fear. <laughs> <laughs> because for a long time, you bought printouts. That's what you did. Yeah, you know, there was some radio mixed in there and maybe TV, but for most of the clients I worked with who were smaller It was you know local print ads mm-hmm. and then suddenly there is social media and then everyone's talking about content marketing and then there's Websites with banner ads and then they're talking about ROI and click-through rates and yeah. and 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 so suddenly their pretty focused ad campaign slash marketing campaign became very fractured over a lot of different things. And most of the people I talked to, I'd say the last five or six years I was selling ads, with, it was just, oh my God, I have no idea what to do anymore. Mm-hmm. I have this, kind of the same budget, maybe it's a little smaller, but it used to be easy. I just knew I had this much and I buy this one thing. And now I have to use that same money. And like I said, they become a publisher. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you have to create content. And do you right. have someone in your company that knows how to write? Probably not. <laughs> right. I mean, if like, you do, did, you might not know who that person is.
1: Did those companies before have like their ad guy that knew how to how to design, you know, a certain size for like whatever publication that they were sure. or something?
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then but he was would... an ad guy who knew yeah. how to do that's a, part, a. That's the part that's easy to out. Right.
1: right. That's easy.
2: But that's when the you the voice of your brand, that's hard. Really hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the talking about your experience. And it's also, you know, you think people would take, I don't know, weeks, months to figure out what their print ads are going to look like, what they were going to say, how big they were going to be, what, how much they were going to cost and where they were going to put them. But suddenly it became every single day. You have to say something every single day, mm-hmm. multiple times. <laughs> That's just a whole new mm-hmm. ball game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think people just were frozen for a long time. That was the super scary 2009 2010 when people just buckled down and all budgets got cut and they just stopped because they didn't know what to do
0: so the experience that you had feeds into this new role perfect
2: weird right but how did you learn how to do the job
0: because you went into it with a lot of hesitation
2: I don't know I've never been one for titles and I always liked being called a publisher because to me that's what I did and when you say chief marketing officer I'm like I don't even know what that is what do you do all day And you're like, oh, you have this team of people, and here are all the things. But like, what am I going to do? When I sit down at my desk every day, what do I do? Partially that enthusiasm you mentioned, but honestly, I think it's curiosity. Right. You know, I I just, I want to figure things out. Mm -hmm. So in the end, the reason I could do it, I could say yes. I could leave a happy place with great people that I loved and try this new thing that was way bigger and scarier and... You know, I had a lot more skin in the game, figuratively, and literally, I mean, there was a lot of pressure. Like, right. here's a thing that's not working for us, and we want you to come and fix it all. And at first, it was terrifying, but then I'm like, wait a minute, that's what I love. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like to do. I like to that's figure shit out. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> And so there's been a lot of that. But, you know, I'm also used to working with creatives. I mm-hmm. mean, working on magazines, you know, you're working with writers and art directors and designers, and... Many of the small business owners, that are, they're very creative people. They're not quote unquote normal. They don't have, you know, they've got something, they have interesting lives and interesting companies, and they've mm-hmm. taken a lot of risk to do what they do. And so I've always worked in a really collaborative way. Mm-hmm. My, I think when I first started at Hillcrest, kind of my first mission was like, I just wanted to uncover everyone's hidden talent. <laughs> like what else like yes I know. okay so you go through the whole thing and you learn what everyone does every day right and you're like okay what else what else do you do what do you like to do what do you like to do yeah and you know it's, there's a lot of really young people and again same thing in magazines and media there's always a lot of really young people and they do they tend to be curious and open and eager and you've and so changed that's really fun. some
0: of their jobs right mm-hmm. because you've uncovered that
2: Yeah. Other thing that they do. Yeah, sometimes entirely, like, move out of your current job and into a completely different job. And in some ways, just, I don't know, opening people up. Even funny little things, like, we have, we have we make books all day long, right? So we have cover designers. And there are people who, that's what they do all day, is they design covers. And so I'm like, what else do you want to work on? And then we started doing more and more little projects around marketing. Suddenly they're curious and they're interested and we're asking them to design other things we'd like to do this can you help us mm-hmm. and so that got really fun too um, you know just offering I think it's important to offer people more and let them try things
0: and how has that changed the business because when you open up people from being in a silo or a compartment and you open, the, you open them up to share their talent or even just know what's happening in other parts of the business it changes the business
2: yeah, it absolutely does. Um, it's had people have gotten a lot more. I think the engagement level has re- risen, and and it was high when I got there. I mean, we work with higher than thirty two percent. Yeah, for <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm thinking like ninety two. Oh, nice. Um, really seriously. Um, it was the main thing that impressed me, and it's you know it's a pretty small. It's about twenty five people. Okay. But um, it's it's intense because we work with authors, mm. and they're intense and they're really passionate. And they're often crazy, and they're so <laughs> emotional. <laughs> Think about it. I, 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 my joke is that if you're going to write a book, you have to be slightly nuts because it's so hard. Mm. And, and the, the reality of book sales is really, really, impo- it's really impossible. I mean, it's kind of a little bit of getting struck by lightning when you do well, really well with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so people really get attached to these people. They're with us a really long time. Um, so we've just had this, this really interesting, I don't know, I guess the collaboration has gotten really different and giving them more information, mm-hmm. sharing more about who these authors are. I mean, just from the simplest thing, like gathering testimonials from people more often, you know, right. doing an in survey when people leave the process and mm-hmm. really focusing on their experience when they're with us. Mm-hmm. And kind of the only way to do that is to make sure every single person in the company is engaged and knows what's going on. Right. I was blown away that no matter what job people had, they would toss around authors' names just casually and with, I mean, like they were people that they knew very, very well, because they were. <laughs> but right. I don't know, that amazed me. And I thought, I can't wait to be like that. When, I, <laughs> when they say, you know, an author's name, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And you kind of have that whole history, that whole year they've spent with you mm-hmm. kind of unfolds. Are you there yet? To, oh, right. I'm pretty close. Yeah. You're yeah. getting to know the authors. Yeah. Now I'm kind of on the almost a little bit on the other side of it. And I don't obviously work with authors every day like some people do. But um, I'm on the other side of it and thinking that sometimes the ones that we know, especially the ones that everyone knows, tend to be the really great ones or the really not great ones. Mm-hmm. And so just like this week, I've been kind of focused on the other 80%. Yeah. Like all <laughs> those quiet ones in the most middle. Most of the
0: people are in the right? middle. Right? Like what are they all about?
2: What's their deal? Why did they work with us? And how can you...
0: Well, I've, I've always... Ever since I've been in like the management of people, mm-hmm. um, that's... You don't really focus on the the bottom 10% other than to maybe be like, Here's this other job at another company you could look into, <laughs> and then you don't really focus on too much on the top ten percent, because they're cool, like they're self sufficient. You support them when you need to, but how can you move the whole middle right yeah. up and forward? And mm-hmm. that's where you need to focus your time. So yeah,
2: yeah, they're um they're um I don't know it's a it's a harder thing because they, they maybe are quieter. They're not standing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're, they're just, just doing their thing every day. Yep. Even if they're doing it at a really high level and a really highly engaged level, yeah, I can see that. But what so, needs yeah. to
0: be true to activate them? So. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Well, I think, too, it's easy to fall into the trap of sort of reacting to the really good and the really bad. You know, making business decisions based on the really good and the really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and forgetting that you need to look at deeper data sets to really figure out right. when to pivot.
0: So, this is a sneak attack. Best job ever, <gasps> right?
2: Yeah, totally.
0: But kind you, of is. But you weren't. Ugh. Yeah. But you weren't always sure.
2: No. And it's hard. I mean, it's a hard. It's a really hard job. The best jobs job. are hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's it.
0: But so, I have that right now too. Best job ever. Mm-hmm. Different from any job I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, all the different things that I've done—they all come that together. That didn't make sense before, make yeah. sense now. Yeah, where you think you have a really weird skill set.
2: Yeah, and then you like, but
0: it's perfect for this. Exactly.
2: Yes, <laughs>
0: it's like that, and you're like, oh, I haven't wasted my whole life. <laughs> Yay! Of work, right? <laughs> but but I wasn't sure every minute. Like there were times when I'm like am I going to figure this out? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be able to? So what were your moments? Oh, I think where that's were good.
2: Like... I think it's good to not. I feel if you're sure of yourself 100% of the time, you're probably fucking up somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> because, I think that's true. Right? I mean, you have to have some uncertainty. Because it means you don't, You must not have a complete self-awareness. Right. Because yeah. no, nothing is perfect, and no one is perfect, mm-hmm. and no job is perfect. Mm-hmm. I always feel like we're, I don't know. 5 years into a 10 year really huge time of transition <laughs> because right. technology is I used to think it was just magazines and then I thought it was just media. No, it's everywhere. It's everything. Yeah. And and there's a lot of unanswered questions. There's a lot of you know, there aren't answers for everything anymore, which is good because that means there's tons of opportunity and you get to figure stuff out. Right. So I think if you you need that uncertainty to be creative to I want to feel like I have to figure it out. And right. so yeah, there's definitely been times where you're like, oh my god, what did I do today? Yeah, and it's you know it's the calculated risk thing, right? You, know, you have to, you got to move forward. You got to, you got to pick one, and yeah.
1: go. Well, and one of the things I'm finding, like you had mentioned, there aren't answers for everything anymore. But I, I honestly feel like there weren't answers for everything, even back when things were more stable, even in the ad side of things, or you know, in publishing. Mm-hmm is people just felt like all of the yeah, issues were Yeah, a, a false sense because of there knowing was a, shit. Oh, yeah, there was a group there saying this is the way this is and keeping it there. Yeah. And now that people aren't doing so much of the top-down management anymore, mm-hmm. like, we've sort of lost that illusion, I think. Well, yeah, indi- we
2: got we looked behind the curtain, right? Right. And, and you can't unsee that.
0: <laughs> well, in industries like yours, self-publishing where people get it's like the music industry being totally disrupted. Mm-hmm. I, I talk about
2: music all the time. It's the, in relation to books.
0: Yeah, like those are the people who are going, I don't need I don't need to do things the way no. they've always been done. I can figure
2: this shit out. Yeah. Well, the struggles now come from kind of the two camps of and they're friendly and they're integrated in <laughs> a weird way, but there are definitely two camps of Oh my God! Everything is up for grabs. We can just like make this all up, mm-hmm. and then the, you still have the people that are like, "This is how it's done. There's limits. and this is what works, and we have to still do this. And so that's I think where, where I see friction now is there mm-hmm. a little bit. And
0: what kinds of things do they? Just it's always
2: little dumb stuff. Like there proprietary secrets. Paper between no, not even <laughs> though like paper between it's the covers. It's less about. <laughs> like, we just launched a website. And of course you have the, you have the total utter chaos of the minute, the kind of anticlimactic of what, you know, pushing the button, like, okay, right. we're live. And now, okay, here's all the shit wrong. <laughs> right. You have those moments. Yeah. And then but you got to define wrong. Perfection. Totally. And you know, AJ taught me the idea of the MVP. And yeah. so I was seriously the other day thinking, who can answer the question of what do you do when the MVP makes the boss lose his mind, Right. When he just goes, oh Jesus, but it doesn't do this yet, and it doesn't do that yet, and what about this?
0: Well, the answer <laughs> the answer is, why would you pay to build something you don't know you need yet?
2: Exactly. And there's a little, there's a lot of guessing. No matter how much research you do, there's still an amount of, mm-hmm. we think this is. There's educated hypotheses, and then you prove it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So we're in, we're in proving it mode now. So yeah. I just need more time. Yeah. It's like, give me more time.
0: But it is a struggle. I mean, we deal with that a lot.
2: Yeah. Because it's, not it's scary stuff. It's not you know? perfect, and my brand is tied to this. Yes, exactly. Yep. And I think that's the the generation coming up behind us, is they don't expect it to be perfect. No. But I see, too, there used to be... They see right through perfection. Yeah, there's something sort of suspicious about perfection. Yeah. <laughs> and again, that's, I think... I honestly believe that social media is what it is, but I think the thing that it did in a really weird way is kind of level the playing field. Mm-hmm. Like anyone can do mm-hmm. Twitter. Anyone can be a fucking star on Twitter, mm-hmm. right? If you, I mean, it's, you can interact with people that you would never have access to. Yeah. So there's this, like we were saying, you can't really farm it out. It has to be real. I think early on when, when people that weren't on Twitter and didn't understand it would say things like, I don't care what you had for lunch. You know, it was that, remember that, where everyone yeah. said that? like, And ironically, the, what you had for lunch, is a real thing, and if I know you and I'm connected to you and I'm engaged with you and I trust you, I kind of want to know what you had for lunch. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily it's not a, it was always a slam, but it's that real thing, and you can't you can't fake it, mm-hmm. and you can't use it to sell all the time. Yeah, you know you have to be just be there right. and interact.
1: And that was something yep. I experienced like firsthand that y- you can reach people who you oh. wouldn't never even think you could at yeah. Best Buy. I was just some dude. Right. And Barry Judge was one of the only other people from Best Buy <laughs> on Twitter. And I would ask him stuff. And he'd answer to me. you. Yeah. Yeah. And people were like, how did that even happen? <laughs> just now. Right? It gives you access. Like, but you the other thing about it forever? is
2: it's 24-7 and you can't maintain perfection all the time. Mm-hmm. So the flaws are going to creep in. Yeah. You're going to make mistakes. And I think that's why i hate to say younger because i don't think it's that i don't when i say younger i don't mean age wise i mean maybe mentality wise but i think it's why people who are curious and eager and still interested in learning every single day that's why they don't expect perfection because if you can't see some flaws it doesn't seem real cuz it, it isn't it's also easier it's, too shiny.
0: it's also mm. easier to change things than it's ever been yeah. i mean what's permanent oh, God. Right, um, so we were la- we were laughing this week because someone had a a sheet of the goals for the year, and it was la- not at our company, but another one. And the sheet was laminated. Oh God! About, oh my God! And they were talking about agile development, and we're like,
2: on a laminated sheet.
0: Do you see a problem Lamination flies in the face. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe they it
1: laminated it so they could draw on it and stuff. Nope. Oh.
0: But that's what we said. We were like, can we get some markers on here? Because <laughs> is this like a whiteboard now? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <But> can <laughs> we get some, some pencils up in here? But everything is... Like, you can just edit your tweet. You can edit right? your comment. You can edit your post. You can edit
2: yeah. Yeah. all day long. And it's not... It doesn't have to be perfect. Exactly. And really, I'm the more I, It shouldn't be.
1: Now I that feel you, like... You, now that you brought that up, though, like, when I go on a website and I see that it's, like, super perfect... I'm wondering how old the site is. <laughs> Honestly, like, right? I'm like, wow, this is really. How old is this site? You know. Yeah. And if
0: you want it to be not super perfect, you just look at it in a different browser. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wait,
1: no. Guaranteed That's
2: it, to be right? Broken. No. Or look you can't it, it look
1: the same, exactly the same in every browser. No, you can't. That's a fact.
2: No, you can't. I think that so, you can, but m- most people never ever. Only if
0: it's white, just like a white page. <laughs> <laughs> only if you're Apple.
2: <laughs> All the white pages.
0: Okay, so do you know, did you learn about the random questions?
2: Like I that? did, I did. So you get to put a question in, but you get oh, to pick a question okay. first. I hope I get who is Mike Mason, because I totally know. It's not in there.
1: <laughs> Everyone asks about that. You're you, you are super famous, Mike Mason.
2: Mike Mason oh, dear is in every I, I don't have now. my glasses on, so can you read the question? <laughs> yeah, sure. Sorry. You... I'm 107.
0: Oh, yes. This one finally came up. We have <gasps> a lens.
1: We have a magnifying
2: lens. I forgot my monocle. We
0: don't... <laughs> that would have been amazing. Damn. We don't know what all the questions are, but I have seen this one before. Okay. Only because a cheater put it back in. Ooh. If you could have lived in an 80s sitcom, <gasps> which
2: one would you have grown up in?
1: Oh, God. Mm-hmm.
2: An 80s sitcom. Mm-hmm. I like know all the 70s
1: that's fine. 70s sitcoms work. work.
2: Which one would I, like, what was actually reflective of my childhood? We, we
1: joked around. I was Alex P. Keaton.
2: I am not. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> I don't know. I have no answer. It was really bad. Let's name
0: some. Family Family Ties. Growing silver. Pains. Silver, silver Spoons. spoons. Yep. Definitely. Punky Brewster. Yeah,
1: that would be a good one. <laughs> No, I feel like that um, was... Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> <laughs> different strokes. Yeah, different different strokes. strokes.
0: Three's Company, I think, bled into the 80s.
1: I think it was early 80s, too.
0: Yeah. I would have totally been in Three's Company.
2: Yeah? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is your desire? This is what you would have liked to be in, or this is what you were in? Liked. Okay. I've never lived oh, in Oh, liked. Anything. Okay. Oh yeah, totally three's company then. It yes, have been
0: you <laughs> me and, and me. you. <laughs> well, thanks for talking to us. Thanks for having me. Yep.
1: Signing okay. off. Get <laughs> okay, us
0: off. Get us out of here.
1: Thanks again for listening, humans. As always, you can find us on Twitter at prohumans, on our Facebook page, Prohumans Podcast, on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com/slash Prohumans, Stitcher at prohumans or go the easy route and log on to prohumans.com where you can find all that stuff and more this is danger wishing you a professional week